never been to Philadelphia before. So that was an experience in itself. It was cool to do something like that because it almost felt like back when you were a kid and you were going to like a tournament and you were playing against a bunch of teams and you knew a bunch of players. And you know you're all there for like one reason. It is a community. We knew some people there, like you said, but we also got to know some people that we've never met before and, yeah. and also some people that we've only seen on TV. It's definitely a surreal experience getting to interview Alexi Lawless. Yeah. I was a little bit nervous. Once he walks over, people taking big camera. It's one of those things. Like I, I knew, I knew he was tall. I knew he was like had a commanding presence to him. But a lot of the times you see him, he's either sitting behind a desk or he's doing his podcast, and so you don't really recognize or feel like the true stature. I mean, he's also like an American legend in regards true. to the sport. So it's it was definitely cool getting to pick his brain a little bit. Welcome back, Footy Pod Fifty Seven. 57. It's been a while since we've been here sitting in this chair looking at each other. I don't know. If we kept up consistently, we'd probably be past 100 now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> we recorded a lot of episodes up there in Philadelphia at we the did. United Soccer Coaches Convention. This is our first, our first one back in our original habitat mm-hmm. with our podcast setup. It's a beautiful setup. It's we a great setup. We did take care of this blank wall here. Uh, oh, yeah. you know what? I got to turn on my footy brand light. You forgot. There we go. Smack that hold thing on, on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. There we go. Now we're recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're live, guys. Now we're live. Now we're live. Yeah, we could have got oh, we could have got like a one of those like red buttons that you turn on that says like now recording. That's what the footy brand light is for. Yeah, but then you have one that beeps as well. No, no, kind of no, cool. No, no, no. It's unique to our podcast. It is. What else? What, what we could have put there? I don't know. It's too late now because uh, is. this is. place is going to be gone. It is, yeah. In just a few weeks. Uh-huh. And we have a lot to update you guys on. Like a lot. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? I mean, it's been like, what was it, six months ago that we mm-hmm. went to the convention? Yeah. It's been a while. And we've been slowly putting out the episodes. We mm-hmm. would have liked to have them all out sooner but they're coming out to you they're yeah. coming out uh, well they're out out now by the time this podcast is yeah. is going to be published um but what what did you think about the event how, how do you think that it went for us and uh you know what it what it what do you what are you going to take home what are you going to remember most from that week in philadelphia well first off in philly it was cool never been to philadelphia before so that was an experience in itself obviously we got to meet a bunch of Meet a bunch of good people, not only the ones that we talked to, but we got to meet a bunch of different people from various clubs out there, various vendors, various reps, had some friends out there from different companies and stuff. So it was was cool to do something like that because it almost felt like back when you were a kid and you were going to like a tournament and you were playing against a bunch of teams and you knew a bunch of players and you know you're all there for like one reason type of thing. But then obviously now we're grown up, we're doing other things. And so being out there recording a podcast and you know you're all there for like one reason. It definitely felt right. It felt like we were at home, and it felt like we were at a place where there are other like minds with us, I would say. It is a community. It's yeah, very much a community. Sure. Like We talk about it being a, a small community here in Dallas, mm-hmm. um, but you know that, that same feeling expands across the world in, in any soccer environment mm-hmm. that, you, that you find yourself in, and I think that we experienced that you know, firsthand, like we, we knew some people there, like you said, but we also, uh, got to know some people that we've never met before and, yeah. and also some people that we've only seen on TV, Yeah, you know, and That's true. I thought that was the coolest part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a surreal experience getting to interview Alexi Lawless. Yeah. I was a little bit nervous. Yeah. I, mean, up that to was, that. That was, that was weird. I think it was more the fact that I hadn't eaten and had anything to drink all day. And it was we a just, long day as well. We just recorded like seven interviews yeah. right before that. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot out of you for sure. But, uh, no, I mean, even if it was the first one, I think that we would have been uh, a little bit anxious to record and man, he, he, he showed you on that episode what a pro is, yeah. you know, he's been doing it for a while and you can tell that he's experienced and uh good at what he does i mean even when he just walked up or whenever uh the people kind of hosting him for the podcast like oh yeah you're gonna get some time with lexi lawless it was like okay cool cool but then once he walks over (laughs) and you see him kind of meeting people people taking pictures yeah man it's one of those things like I, i knew i knew he was tall i knew he was like had a commanding presence to him but a lot of the times you see him he's either sitting behind a desk or he's doing his podcast and so you don't really 
recognize or feel like the true stature of him. And he's also like an American legend in regards true. to the sport. So it's it was definitely cool getting to pick his brain a little bit, getting to chat with him. And yeah. I just like was so impressed with how on point he was. Mm-hmm. Like he just did seven inter- interviews right before us, however many it was. I'm not even sure. You know, quick ones, 10, 15 minutes like ours was. Um, but he just had answers ready. And it's not like, it's not as if they were scripted answers because he didn't know what we were going to ask him, right? But they were just so well articulated and spoken with confidence. Um, and, you know, he did provide some good insight on that episode. And that was that was obviously the most popular person that we had on but yeah there were some other really really good episodes that we Mm -hmm. had you know really insightful episodes which one was your favorite uh i would say i'm trying to think i can give you three you got to pick one first if i had to pick one it'd probably be with uh the barca resident academy okay what was his name again yeah slip my mind with jed yeah with jed Jed. quinn that was probably my favorite one was that the first one we did too was was that the number Two? That was number one. Number yeah. one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we definitely started off well because yeah. that one was cool because you know how prestigious that academy is. You know, like the level of players that they're they're putting out and how uh, much of a difference they're making in the sport. But get, actually getting to talk to them about how the inner workings of it are, kind of like the system of it, I thought was really cool and insightful. I know uh, for my friends, and a lot of my friends at least, that's one that they that they all definitely listen to and they all climb make or they all, I guess, went to just because of i mean the popularity yeah. behind the barca resident academy itself it was, so it was definitely an interesting topic yeah. again that was the barca residency academy yeah. episode that we had uh, episode no, something no, 46 <laughs> something like that yeah yeah somewhere in the 40s mm-hmm. but uh no he did a, a really good job of just i guess promoting mm. their club and and explaining you know the the inner workings of the club and giving us a good picture of how they operate, you know, in general, none of it had anything to do with soccer, right? It was just structure and, and, um, you know, the, the way that they do things around there. And I, I had an opportunity cause I actually visited Arizona, uh, a few months back, I guess that was in March. Yeah, um, March. and, uh, went to go train some some clubs over there some uh, teams four clubs there and uh had the opportunity to stop by the barca residency visit jed gave me the full full tour yeah what'd you think and uh no i i mean i thought it was it was super cool to see it in person i think that maybe i was expecting it to be i want to say like just newer yeah I don't think I was expecting it to be like pristine, like state of the art facilities, but I, I didn't expect it to be kind of a little bit older and like the buildings, the architecture, you know, it looks like it's from the seventies and, you know, in, in Casa Grande, like it's far from Phoenix. Like it's a good hour away from Phoenix area. So it's a drive, and there's nothing around it. Like, I think he mentioned in that episode, like, they're surrounded by five miles of desert. Might be even more than that. Like, I didn't see anything for a while. Just (laughs) lots of cactuses. Cacti. Is that how you say it? Yeah, cacti. Cacti is plural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, but it was cool. And and I actually, I almost appreciated the fact that it was a little bit older more because it – makes it feel more homey to the players. It reminded me of college, like for those players, you know, staying in dorms basically. And it makes them feel at home. It makes them feel, you know, um, like more connected with a community, with their community, with their facilities, with, you know, what they're trying to do and, and obviously keep them. And also considering the location too, keep them more focused on Mm. the objective which is to get to the next level, right? Yeah. So there's not a lot of distractions. So, you know, I think as far as, like, a working environment, like, it's ideal because, you know, they – it's 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 what you want. Like, you work with the players all day, every day. Like, you know, the coaches come in, I think, at, like, 3 o'clock usually, and, and they have their meetings. They do what they got to do. Some of them live on campus, so you can even go and use the gym and stuff, you know, in, in the morning, in the early afternoon. Um, but you get in there, and 
and um you know you're there like you're focused on the job now if you want to talk about like outside of work life maybe not maybe not the most ideal but uh no it was it was really cool to see that place and and get that experience and i mean who knows you know we could we could definitely end up uh out there again someday and uh working with those players and and connecting with those coaches a little bit more. I was going to say, it's definitely something that I would want to experience with you. That It looked really cool, even just from like the videos and the pictures that you kind of showed me. It seems like a really good setup for players just to maximize the most out of their ability. Absolutely. Because I know, obviously, players in big markets, whether it's like Dallas, L.A., New York, stuff like that, it's like they could have the same drive and the same motivation, but, I mean, you could just easily get up and go do almost anything you want. Out there, it definitely forces you to be more kind of mindful of the time that you're spending, and I definitely think it's a place where you can create create good habits that'll, you know, turn you into a good pro. Absolutely, God forbid I mean, you it's, make it there. it's literally just a catalyst for like a talent hotbed there, yeah. like just being isolated in that one location. Like, I mean, you can't you can't beat that, and the value that those players get is unmatched. So, no, that was a good one for sure. What was so you said there were three, or the other two? I would say the second would probably be Alexi Lawless, just because. Besides him. Besides like him, not Alexi Lawless. That was number okay. one. Yeah, that would be number one. Just then for I the would entertainment do, value. That was number one. So then I would do Jed second. Then I would say third. I really liked. I know it was shorter, and she's very quiet, so we didn't get much out of it. But I really liked the one we do with my cousin, just because uh, that was cool. Bias. It was biased. It was biased. It was definitely biased, but it's just cool to see. It actually wasn't that quiet. Listening back on mm. the microphone. Yeah, it was just really cool to see like kind of get her opinion on stuff, kind of how, you know, everything's going with her because I was able, been able to watch her a lot more over the past couple years than I had been. Yeah. Already kind of planning this next season to watch more, but I just loved how it turned out that we were up there and then she was up there and we got to see her yeah. get an All-American award, which she rightfully deserved, and just hearing her talk about it and seeing her in that environment and obviously getting to see the family was, was super cool. Definitely added a little bit more to that experience yeah. that we were able to go support her at that yeah. event. because, I mean, we probably would have gone to the event for a little bit, but – knowing that there was someone that you're so close to and that you love was there getting recognition yeah. that, that, I mean, we, neither of us got to that so, point. I so was, it was so really surprised cool. that uh, so many players skipped out on the event. Yeah, it was all the – because I know a lot of the girls were there because they were getting drafted. And then a lot of the guys, I think they had already had their draft or they were already training. But, I mean, not even Division so, One players. It yeah, was, like, yeah. a lot of Division Two and Division mm-hmm. Threes that just weren't there. Yeah. It for whatever like, reason. It seemed like a majority of Division Two players went, yeah. which I thought was cool, which I thought was interesting. But, yeah, what were your, uh, I guess, other two favorites? So, those were your three. Alexi Lalas, Jed, and Rachel. Yeah, if you said that Rachel was biased. No, 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 you can go with it. Okay, I'll go with that one. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll go with that one. So, I would say I... Listening back, because obviously I listened to every single one, yeah. having to edit those mm-hmm. things, man, it takes forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say I got a lot out of listening to, to Bistera's episode back. A lot of good gems dudes. in that. Yeah. A lot of good gems. Dudes. And a lot of good, valuable information that coaches can can take and, and, and help in their training, you know. Um, help make them better trainers. I think like, you know, they're very like-minded guys and um, I wish we would have gotten it out sooner. I know that they were expecting us to, but you know, Hey, it was worth the wait. I think, you mm-hmm. know, definitely got to yeah. go back and listen to that. There's a lot of good information in there um, and good guys will definitely have to connect with them and, and try to, you know, collaborate with them on, on some camps or something in the future. Um, who am I missing? We had a lot. We did have we a, lot. a lot. We it all lot. kind of runs together at this they point. They do run together. Soccer Innovations, always good chatting with those guys. Oh, man, what guys? And we got yeah. – we, we beat them in pool, right, too? We did beat them in we pool. We did beat them in we pool. We did beat we them did in, beat in pool. pool, yeah. We ran an Instagram poll, and 82% of you guys thought we would win, so appreciate that. They know what, we're working. They know what they're working with, man. That's good faith. That's yeah, good, good faith. faith. Um, they were all pretty good. All really solid, honestly. Yeah. We didn't have any that were just like, you know, all of them – were valuable in their own mm. in their own right. Yeah. So it was super cool experience. We've never done it before. We're super fortunate to have been invited on to Podcast Row. And I think based on, you know, 
I mean, we went over there and took over. Honestly, yeah, that's what I, that's how we I had, felt. Like we had I, a good setup. Only thing I wish we would have done is next time we're just bringing a lot more gear, man. Yeah, yeah, a lot more gear. We did sell a good amount of yeah. footy brand gear there, but hey, we packed up my suitcase, your suitcase, yeah, the big one, big as much one, as we yeah, could. So hey, I think going forward, I mean, they're gonna love to have us back on Podcast Row. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be an annual thing for yeah. us. And it'll be nice, and we can go ahead and make sure we're. Really getting everyone ironed out ahead of time, sticking to the schedule. Yeah, I know the schedule shifted a little bit, but I mean, it was. I mean, it was trying to get that many people in. We were trying to go thirty-minute slots. Yeah, and there was just no way. Nah, no shot. No way. No we need show. to bring more power chargers. Oh man, yeah, yeah. We need to bring a lot more. We didn't yeah. even. We we can't. We we winged it when we got there. We winged it. We were definitely. We weren't under. We weren't underprepared, but we definitely were like kind of right on the cusp. Of, we, oh, we could have done it. this and been. Yeah, a yeah. Bit up, but yeah, we didn't have any kind of backdrop. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, you know, the fancy setups that a lot of people did. But I liked our aesthetic. Well, it was good. We had the sign, good. all the gear out it there. It attracted like a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people were stopping mm-hmm. by, saying hello. You know, sold some gear. Got some socks to Jim Curtin, who probably should have been the next U.S. coach. We can talk about that later. <laughs> got to meet Stu Holden, or not Stu Holden, uh, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Conrad, Conrad yeah, yeah, yeah. Conrad. That was cool. Yeah, I wonder if that video he took of us is ever going to go out. Probably not. Probably not, but that was cool. That was funny. He was also another one where um, not exactly the same level of kind of like professionalism or anything uh, as uh, our big, tall, handsome ginger man, but he definitely was one where is the second that camera turned on, he was on it. So you can oh, yeah. see how he's a good American personality going forward. I mean, it's it's practice. It's like yeah, yeah. anything that you do, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. you practice, you get good at it. By the way, this is the newest character that we have on the show, people. Her name is Jasmine. I'm going to come. She wants some attention. We're yeah. going to come sit her down right here. Mila's down there chewing a bone. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys haven't seen us in our element in quite a while, but we're here. We're here. So you got to soak it in because like I mentioned before, this is our last episode recording in this great little setup yeah. we have here. We're going to be taking it via Zoom, which I think will be cool. We're 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 gonna play around with some different. We're gonna, we're gonna figure out how to layout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll but, get it. But uh, no, a lot to catch you guys up on. So the reason we won't be recording here anymore is because I'm actually gonna be relocating. So we're gonna be moving down Weird. to Austin, Texas, expanding the Footy Factory brand. There we go. Getting programs going down there, mm-hmm. and I'm also gonna be uh, accepted a, a position with Capital City Soccer Club down there in Austin. Shout out! You know, I'm looking forward to helping grow the club, I'm going to be in a good position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not about the logo on your chest. It's not about that. Find a coach who's going to invest into you, who's going to support you, who's going to take you from point A to point B and help you accomplish your goals. That's what it's about. And if you get enough good coaches together in a club, they can make that club good. They can make it quality, right? But... It's not about the club. It's about the coaches. It's about the players. And that's the most important thing. The Austin area is growing. Um, there's a lot of interest in the sport there. But there's not a whole lot of options at the highest level there yet. Whereas, and a big problem with the North Texas soccer scene is everything is just so spread out. And it's just completely saturated. So, yes, there's loads of talent. But there's too many options for them, and it makes it too much of a competition between clubs, between coaches, between, you know, uh, families even. And it creates this toxicity that, 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 that really shouldn't exist. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that, it's, that that's not the case in other markets because I'm sure it's the same everywhere, right, to a certain extent. Um, but what I've noticed in Austin and a big reason why I don't feel that same energy yet there, the fact that Austin FC, Capital City, 
both came into the market at the same exact time. They're working at the same level, basically. I mean, obviously, Austin FC is a professional academy. You know, it's a higher level. But they're both MLS next, so the teams compete in the same league. But what I like about how they're they're structured and 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 the relationships that we have between the clubs is that we collaborate with them our role for cap city is literally to facilitate austin fc not that we don't want to compete with them of course like on the field we're trying to win you know and that should be the case at that level but we know our place and and we know that like if we can uh, open a door for one of our players into the Austin FC Academy, that's a win for the club. And it's a win for the area as well, for the entire Austin soccer community. And unfortunately in Dallas, um, there's not that relationship between FC Dallas and the rest of the clubs for many reasons. Probably not one single club. <laughs> not one, not one. And probably the main reason is, of course, FC Dallas professional teams started 96 or whatever as Dallas Burn became FC Dallas later on. The major clubs here had been around for 10, 15, 20 years already, right? So that's their market. And then FC Dallas, whenever they became FC Dallas, started their youth club, but not the professional academy. They started all the, you know, feeder teams just the random select teams, right, that are just scattered everywhere. And so instantly they became competition to the other clubs in the market. So from the beginning, there was never that collaborative relationship. Now, of course, the the DA didn't exist back then either, So and there were no other professional academies. So it's not like FC Dallas could have just started a professional academy from the beginning. Um just kind of the situation that they were in they had to yeah. they had to develop it from Cards they were dealt with wherever it was wherever it came from right um but it's those factors and along with many other things that have kind of created this this you know uh, tension between all the youth clubs here and fc dallas and all the youth clubs here against all the other youth clubs here right and so i just don't think it needs to be like that um, I think that there should be more of a focus on the player. Yeah. On the player. Definitely agree. And, and there's just too much about the parents, about the club, about the directors, about this, about that. And it's just become a, an angry business. And that doesn't create the, the right environment to develop players and take them to the highest level. Yeah. Like coaches here especially. I know, I know it's a job. And it's what pays the bills. And if you're not doing a good job, then you're not going to be able to pay your bills. But at the same time, it seems like we're forgetting that we're doing all of this for one reason only, and it's for the kids. Once you, as a coach, get to a higher level, then you can start to make different decisions like that. But, yeah, I mean, there's just too much of, oh, well, i got to have all these players here because I need to win against this team, as opposed to, oh, well, this player might be getting a little too good here. Where would be another good fit for him if this isn't the fit for him? Exactly. Instead of helping them end up where they need to be or maybe help pushing them to a better team and maybe getting a player in return or maybe funneling one of our other players up, it's a matter of almost giving them just a decision of you're either with me or you're there. And if you go there, chances are I'm probably never going to talk to you again, and chances are I'm going to be bitter towards that coach That's exactly that club. it. And it's not even cross-club. It's not even just cross club. It's it's inner club, inner club. And that's what's crazy to me is like, how are coaches in the same club not working together in that way to where we don't even know what the top team is? What's the second team? What's the third team? What's the fourth? It's, it's just a bunch of teams with the same logo and there's no direction. And it's unfortunate. Um, and I don't, I don't know what needs to change. I mean, a lot needs to change. I mean, even, even just parents like, like, not allowing their kids to struggle and to go through adversity. It's like anytime they don't play enough, it's the coach's fault. Anytime you know there's an issue, it's this, it's that, it's blaming things, it's creating drama. It's, it's not good for the players because at some point, if they want to play at the highest level. They got to learn how to manage their own career and, and their own development. And um, 
So, you know, it, it's it's a lot that I think, you know, should be solved, but it's a lot that should be solved at the highest level in U.S. soccer too. And, you know, you saw it with the whole situation with Burhalter getting blackmailed by the Reynas, and it's like that's just a perfect example of what's happening right now. And it's sad. It really is sad because that man was doing his best in that job and was doing a good job, to be fair. Um, I think that he got, you know, some criticism for his his work, which is also fair. It's going to happen with any coach in the world. Any coach. Unless you win the World Cup. Yeah, you're always going to be critiqued. Mm-hmm. Even if you win, you're going to be critiqued. Guardiola just won the treble. Oh, it's only because he, you know, is able to buy any player he wants. It's like, come on. Like, do you think that's true? You're looking at me like you think it's true. I mean, Don't even say it. I think the fact that – no, I'm wrong. I mean, they have the best team in the world. And a lot of those players, he didn't – I mean, obviously, he went out and bought Holland for a reasonable amount, which is being told to everybody. But I'm sure it was way more under that, like under the table and stuff. But, I mean, even if you look at, like, the players he's bought up since he got there, like his first signing was Gundogan, and then all the way he's gotten there. It's not like he's just going out and buying every single superstar. No. Like, the biggest ones you can say are Holland and then Grealish. Other than that, he's gotten there. My only problem with Man City – He's gotten the right is, players. My problem with Man City isn't even with Pep. It's just the fact that they have all of those like breaches of finances of all those like different counts and Every stuff. Every club, man. Yes, but the fact like, that they bring those, like, they bring Especially those up the big and they're ones. trying to, yeah, they're trying to do that. So yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, it's a long time coming. It's Pep. I mean, I guarantee you, Pep's not the one fudging the books. That's not his fault. No, but, it has nothing to but, do with him. He 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 scouted the players that he wanted. He got the right players in, and Man City have the budget to be able to afford it, yeah. and they also like. I mean, you can argue about the financial fair play if they were, you know, uh, falsifying records, whatever it may be. But reality is they, you know, sold the the players that they needed to sell to to even it out. And, you know, Man United has spent more money, have spent more money than City over the last decade or whatever it is. But they haven't bought the right players, you know, arguably better talents, but not the right players for what they need. Yeah. And, and so... Anyways, we're going off yeah. on a tangent there, but but I agree with with with, with Burhalter getting, I don't even know what the term was, but you know, basically getting sacked. Yeah, for letting a short letting his contract run out. And yeah, then bringing him back for that for something that had nothing to do with soccer, nothing to do with his performance, just strictly based off of what an a, a, a unhappy parent said and went over his head. To report, and that's what's funny is because that's what happens here all the time, as we know too well. And it's it's funny because right as we're getting to a point now where we're starting to be the dominant force in Concacaf, and we're starting to actually get a lot more players on big leagues and big teams, and we're making the right strides. It's funny that we still have a blip like that, which almost just counteracts all of the good work we did and took away from the good work they did over in Qatar. And yeah. You know, and, and it was a long, drawn-out process. They they said that they interviewed candidates for the role. They went through an extensive search. They brought in an investigation team to, um, to you know, m- make sure that there was nothing that should hold Burhalter back from being offered the job back, right? So they went through this whole process, took like six months or whatever it was, and they gave him the job back, which, you know, I don't, I don't hate the decision. I thought it was poor timing. I thought that, like, they, I mean, obviously the information got leaked during, during a game, which, during the Mexico game, actually, which definitely wasn't good timing. Obviously, they didn't have any, you know, they didn't intentionally do that. But just the fact that they made a decision now instead of, doing it months ago, you know, like they could have, if that was what they wanted, they should have done that before because if your plan is to run him through to 2026 world cup, we lost about six months of that. And we had another coach filling Anthony Hudson do a good job with them. They ended up taking a job in Qatar, which I don't blame him. It's life changing amount of money. And they bring this other guy in BJ and he's already slapped Mexico up. He won one trophy. If he goes and wins the gold cup here with, I guess almost our B team, then he's accomplished everything 
Burhalter has already. So then, yeah. what's the big deal with bringing Burhalter back? One thing that I that we'll never know. I mean, I'm just hope it might come out eventually. I don't think it needs to, but I want to know who we interviewed for that job because I don't think it. Imagine if it was someone big that could have been a great fit for us, and you interviewed them and then just went ahead and hired this other coach back. You could have just burned a bridge there. That could have been a coach that seemed like, oh, well, I basically just got interviewed to get interviewed. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, like, I mean, they, they mentioned that Jesse Marsh was a candidate that was interviewed. They mentioned that Patrick Vieira was a candidate that was interviewed. See, I think, oh, yeah, I wish we didn't interview him yet. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Obviously, he's a big name, but he doesn't have a whole lot of managerial experience yet. Yeah. So, but I think overall, like, you can say what you want about the decision. I think just looking at it from a cultural perspective that I like the decision because it sends a good message and sets a good precedent for the entire country. Like, no, we are not going to let a parent of a player dictate our decision making, right? We're going to we're going to we're going to go with the coach who we feel is going to do the best job and who is going to carry this team forward and continue to progress them and continue to maximize the potential of the group. And, you know, uh, another thing is, like, the, the players, like, they have so much to say in it too. And and they they need to feel that their coach cares about them. And clearly they did because a lot of them voiced their opinion in, in wanting him back. And so – Again, just going back to the youth thing, it's like find a coach who cares about you. Find a coach who is going to invest into you, who's going to sacrifice for you, who's going to do everything that they possibly can to help you, to help you realize your dreams. That's what coaching is. And so I think that, like, you know, if you can identify that in someone, regardless of their club affiliation, regardless of facilities, uniforms, anything, that's where you need to go. That's where you need to go. And obviously the, the competitive level is important too, but, you know, at, 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 this, at this level, at the youth level, coaching is so, so, so important. And so that would be my biggest advice to, to any parent, any player listening. It's like go find someone who is going to give you – everything right so that's where we're at we're heading to austin we're exploring new 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 avenues new possibilities new opportunities i'm happy for you it's gonna getting be cool. a nice little change of scenery i'm I like excited the fact for that you're it. not not moving too far as well so we can still you yep. can still come back we can still go up there and everything which is good and then i mean who knows where your coach career is going to take you later so i think it's good to obviously get out of dallas a little bit still stay in texas still you know being not too far away and just, you know, giving it a go out there. seems like you got a good setup, found a good spot. So I'm definitely excited to not only see what you can do with those teams, but to see how you grow as a coach out there. All things considered, this was probably my best opportunity um, for those reasons that you just mentioned, like being close, still being able to get back to Dallas and and build off of my network here and, and still be able to serve this community um, because there are a lot of good people here and, and, um, you know, we've, we've developed a lot of good relationships that I wouldn't want to just, you know, let go of. And, um, you know, we got a good team here. I think that, uh, you guys are going to do a great job in, in getting our programs going. So, you know, that's obviously going to be the main focus is building our, our player development school program. It's for all ages, all levels is curriculum based. Um, you know, very purposeful, focused training. Um, and then obviously we offer our private training and online training outside of that. So, um, you know, yeah, Austin is going to be a good place, good setup, good club. We're going to expand footy down there. I already got, you know, good people that I'll be able to get around me to help me build it there. Um, so it's going to be a competition, Evan. If I build Footy Factory in Austin bigger than Dallas – in the first six months, I don't know. We're going to have to make a bet, some kind oh of friendly wager. What, do you want to bet? Shave heads? I'm not shaving my head. You can <laughs> shave your head. What's it going to be? Mm-hmm. We'll decide that. later. We'll, no, keep we can you guys we'll, keep, we'll keep you guys 
we'll keep you guys posted. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, I think it's exciting because um, obviously the growth we've tried to make in the past. I mean, we've had you know Casey out in San Francisco, but that's I mean, that's that's tough. That's a big distance away. It's a big distance. And so I think it's good for for you, especially because you're the one that you know founded this, created it as your baby. You've let me become a part of it. You've let others join it, help out how they can. But it's only right that going to Austin is it's you because I mean you're obviously going to be able to to sell it and really be the main driver for it and. We have uh, some good coaches that we added here, some great people that have added here that have already, you know, started taking some of the sessions of players that you've coached for years, and they've been happy with what they've gotten. You know, there's a big a big driving factor where it definitely seems more of like a family than I think we've ever had in the past with everyone communicating and, and caring about it. And so I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be nice to see it actually be in another city and, and see it grow. Yeah. Because, I mean, even when we've hired coaches and talked about it on the podcast of the idea that we, what we want footy factor to be, this is a good step in that direction. It doesn't necessarily have to just be a massive raise in amount of I guess, income we bring in or players we're coaching or anything like that, but just it going from one city to another, growing with coaches, with other people, that's something you know people might see that are listening to the podcast or follow us on Instagram, and it's like, hey, they Sean – found some people out there and he definitely did it why can't I do it where I'm at and so then might find some people from who follow us from Colorado or follow us from Florida or anything like that just you know kind of see you plant a seed and it grow and then you know kind of get that same idea of hey maybe I can do that yeah that is the goal it's to you know have a, a physical presence with our programs and our private training and camps clinics etc um you know and and even having little uh training studios as well um, in major markets around the country, around the world even, uh, but then having our online presence kind of connecting all the dots. And so f- for sure it's easier for me to go in- and start it somewhere, but um, you know, anybody else is more than capable of, of starting a footy factory in, in their yeah. area too. So we're here for it. You know, If you all are listening in somewhere you know, with, a, with a big soccer um, market, let us know. We can help you get going. And uh, yeah, even, even even a small soccer market, <laughs> if you're interested at all. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, we're heading in the right direction. We got a solid foundation, good people backing us. And, um, you know, we got some exciting things coming over the next six months. It's going to be a busy six months. I'm also taking the well, so I'm leaving for Germany next week, yeah. by the way, taking the UEFA B. So that's a big a big deal. I'm excited about that. A little bit nervous. I've never traveled outside of the country by myself before or really even out of the country much in general. It'll be exciting, though, because, I mean, it's so, going to kind of be like, like Philly in a sense where you're going to be around like-minded people who are there for one kind of goal. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be staying on a sports campus, so it's like a really nice facility where – you you Where is it exactly in Germany? Dusseldorf. Oh, that's where my mom's born. Is that right? Yeah. Random. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be there, uh, be on a sports campus where a lot of professional teams like come and do like preseason camps and stuff. So, you know, and it's not too far from Dortmund. And so, you know, maybe we'll be able to catch some preseason games while we're there. Um, but then at the same time, I'm starting the USB license. Just started it today. Started it today, <laughs> actually, July 10th. June 22nd. What am I talking about? See, I don't even know what day it is anymore. July 10th is the next meeting, and I'll be in Germany at that time. So it's like, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. That combined with having four teams when I get down to Austin, trying to expand Footy Factory, I think is going to be the busiest time of my life. But I'm ready for it. Busy busy's good. Busy is good. Busy, Busy is good. good. It's also as long doing, as it's productive. As long as it's productive and it's, it's doing something you love. So That's right. That's definitely right. make it easier. So, to close us off, Evan, what are what are you most excited about having Footy Factory to your own and 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 being the main man here in Dallas? I'm excited. What are you excited about? And what are you the most nervous about? So most excited about is just probably getting getting closer with Toby, with Ivan, with with Peyton, you know, getting everybody everybody going and kind of doing as much as uh, they want to and kind of, you know, getting them implemented 
into Footy Factory, like kind of like how I did. I mean, I know I started off similar to how they did, and I've been around, you know, joined in. I think they're definitely more than capable of doing that same thing. I'm looking forward to seeing if we can add any new coaches, seeing what different players we get in, you know, growing the the PDS. Because I mean, even so far in the summer, I know the morning sessions especially have been have been getting to the numbers that that we're wanting them to. We still got a little ways to go, so definitely, you know, just just growing that and you know, just kind of seeing. Um, Seeing if we can make you proud. Seeing if we can you better. keep it. I got you, man. Seeing if we can just honestly just trying to just make it as tight knit as it can be, bring in the right people. And then I mean, I think naturally it's just going to grow. And, you know, just training as many coaches as we can that are willing to listen. Yeah. I'd say that. I'd say what you're most nervous about. It's going to be interesting because obviously since I've been here for the longest time since I first got here, all I did was just coach. And so having picked up full-time job and feel that I was not expecting myself to you know be in and just balancing that and then the coaching but I feel definitely a little better about that having Ivan and Toby and then Peyton whenever she's all healed up kind of being able to tell with anything but yeah I would say just it's really kind of only the nervous part just making sure I'm putting my time exactly where it needs to be you know for sure and for sure. you know you've been with us for what four years five years man 2018 probably. so yeah, yeah, it was right at the beginning of 2018, yeah. Yeah, so five, so five years, years, I mean, yeah. and you've you've done everything that has ever been asked of you. You've, you know, taken on many different roles during that time, and it and you've done each of them well, right? And you're still here because of that. Um, so the loyalty, the commitment is, you know, I can't I can't speak how I can't speak on how much I appreciate that enough. Um, but you've never had a leadership position where you had to be the one driving the bus and making the decisions and figuring out what to do before being told what to do. And so that's going to be a big challenge for you, but I have no doubt that you're going to grow into that role Mm -hmm. and I want to give you the space to grow into it. I'm going to hold you accountable as you should, but also, you know, uh, um, you know, like I said, give you that space to, to, to grow into that, into that position and and grow as a person that can fill that position and do well in that position. So every time you level up in life, you got to level up with it. Exactly. So sink um, or swim, but I mean, (laughs) to be, you know, a a leader, a, a business owner, you're probably in the best possible situation right now because footy factory is all already an established brand probably we have the strongest brand power and 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 awareness and recognition in our area um but we're starting from scratch you guys are starting from scratch you have to build the programs from almost nothing you have to build your clientele almost from nothing you know with you and the team and so it's like it's you guys are in startup mode you're entering startup mode now but you have the structure in place. You have the brand presence. It's already there. All of it is there. And that's the hardest part of starting a new business. So, you know, you're already like 10 steps ahead as opposed to someone else just starting any other business on their own. So you're in a good position. You just got to go and get it. Yeah. And, I, and I have confidence that you guys are going to get it done. So I think well as well. I would say then I'll ask you the same question. What are you most excited about in Austin? Over the next six months, what are you most nervous about? I'm excited about a change of scenery. Um, You know, I had spent a good amount of time in Austin the past year and a half or so, going back and forth a lot, um, and got to know the area, and it grew on me more and more. And so, you know, I like the nature there. I like just the... I guess the the people there seem seem unique and seem down to earth and um seems like a place that I could I could see myself, you know? Um so I, I am looking forward to the change of scenery cuz I've been in Dallas my whole life. Yeah. And I love just Dallas. Da- Dallas whole life and then Canyon for a bit and then yeah. Dallas. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, except for, you know, the 4 years in college, but that, you know, really only it doesn't really count for much. Yeah, um, it counts it. But Dallas, I've been here my whole life, and I know it very well. And 
It'll always be home. I love Dallas, and I'll always come back to it. Um, but, you know, I, I think I always knew, and this was the main reason why we, we, we dropped our teams with Footy Factory is because, you know, our business model was going to keep us stuck in Dallas. and limitless. And, and there was not a lot of room for growth. There was a lot of overhead running a club. So we also weren't really making that much money either. And it just, I, I, felt, I felt a little bit trapped. And so I think like, you know, after COVID, us restructuring the business was getting us going more towards the vision that I have for my life. You know, I want to further my coaching career. I want to experience new cultures, new places. And this is kind of that first step. And even just the way that Footy Factory is structured too, like it's literally going to take us all over the place. And we're going to be able to impact players everywhere through the online training that we offer through the train and we can impact coaches as well through the trainer education that we offer. Um, so, you know, through that, I should still be able to stay connected to my people in Dallas, you know, and do training with them, uh, film analysis with them. Um, you know, even just soccer therapy yeah. for lack of a better term, like guiding them, helping them through whatever issues they're having. If they have questions, you know, giving them advice on, on their team situations, like how they should, um, you know, what, whatever problems that they're facing, right? Because yeah, a lot of the ones that you started with and then that I joined in with are getting to that age right now where most of them are getting to eighth grade, yeah, ninth grade. It's getting to the point Little where they're going to need, yeah, they're going to need, you know, as much guidance as they can get. Absolutely. And especially nowadays with all the technology we have, not only being able to just call FaceTime and text, but hopping on Zooms, handling stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely, I think it's a good way to, to obviously stay connected with everybody. So For sure. So, I mean, getting to see a new place, but still very connected yeah. to, to the people in Dallas. So, I'm excited to get to experience that and kind of just grow a little bit, you know. Um, and I don't even know where it came from, but just like you don't really, you don't really truly like know yourself until you move to a place that you've never been before people with with no one that you know that no one you're that you're familiar with you're just going from a lot to little bits so then at a certain point when you leave maybe in I don't know, three or four years to go somewhere else you know you're getting yourself ready for that i'm gonna be yeah. exactly mm -hmm. and and i think like with the soccer community you know and and the way that our brand is is growing like i'll still no matter where i go have some kind of connection somewhere you know in that sense that's soccer related um but but yes, so I'm excited about like the the opportunity to grow individually, to continue to grow professionally as well. Um, but you know, definitely that's also a little bit that for that same reason also what makes me a little bit nervous too. Um, yeah, it's 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 change, you know, and change can be scary sometimes, but change is also good. Change is necessary. Yes, indeed. Anything you want to close with, well, sir? I would say one last question. What do you hope comes of this podcast over the rest of the year what are you most looking forward to with it good question evan i was actually intending to update everyone on our analytics for this podcast Ooh. before we went to the united soccer coaches convention in philadelphia mm. i think we had an average listener base of about 15 <laughs> maybe maybe in in between like 15 and 20 no, you know count. based on the way that my dad my mom might count. Yeah. still listen <laughs> Based on the way that, you know, Anchor, I guess it's actually owned by Spotify now, the platform that we publish through, based on the way that they calculate it, which I'm not even, I don't even fully understand it. But it was somewhere around there, 15, 20, right? Probably averaging like, I don't know, 80, 90 listens per episode, plays per episode. You know, want to know where we're at now? Where are we at right now, Sean? About 200, 225 average listeners. Mm -hmm. And over 300 average plays at this point. That's so it. we're growing, baby. We're we growing. Are growing. We are growing. We're growing. And I just deposited our first payout from Spotify from our podcast, Ad Revenue. What we make, baby? Guess. Oh, man. I don't want to undershoot it. <laughs> Eight bucks. <laughs> a little bit more than that. We made a solid $100 over oh, our first go, 56 baby. episodes. Deadly celebrate with a beer after this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> definitely celebration worthy right there yeah. $100 man $100 so just over 2 years of work 
It's not bad. So hopefully, <laughs> it's obviously not solid, guys. We need to make more money off this podcast. <laughs> so, sponsors, hit us up. We would love to sponsor you on this podcast, or you to sponsor us on this podcast, and we give you some ad space. For sure. Um, also, on Spotify, if you'd like to make a donation, we have a listener support section. We also have a feedback section where you can go in and uh, uh, tell us what you thought about the episode or, or what you would have asked our guest on the episode. So definitely get in there, give us your feedback, and uh, if you are so kind and would like, and like the, the message that we're sharing here um, and want to help us spread it to an even wider audience and, and impact more people, hey, consider a donation because uh, we cannot live off 100 bucks every two years. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah that would break down. We'll still do it. We'll still do this podcast. Great still marketing. Still enjoy it. Still enjoy Great it. Great marketing. Yeah. Good conversations. Connect with good people. But if we can also generate some income on this to keep this podcast growing and do more with it and bring on bigger guests then we need to bring in a little bit of money too exactly so help where you can please please do it that's all we got oh well what was gonna say oh what do we got i was gonna say the one thing that i'm think i'm most excited about with the podcast as well is because some of my favorite soccer podcasts that i watch on youtube sadly they can't do it like in the same way we do it you know so they in have person. to do it yeah, in person because they're in different spaces, different that. And so, I mean, I was figuring out how we're going to do it exactly next, but in different locations. I also think it's going to be exciting because then it's going to give us, we're going to learn how to kind of do it, you know, and get good at it. And then imagine the amount of people we can bring on after that. Oh, for sure. we know a lot of coaches in the area, a lot of ex-players, whether in other countries, whether in the States, or even as we're growing, more people that we can have on because it's a lot easier just to flip on a camera and push a button and start talking. Absolutely. And trying to meet. So I think that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. You know, if you listen to our podcast, if you know us already and you want to come on, hey, just give us a shout and we'll set up a time and we'll make it happen. It'd be a cool episode. Just have people kind of call in. Oh, I wasn't thinking that, but I like where your head's It'd at. It'd be interesting, you know. Yeah. Let them call in, get like, get you a little five minutes to to go at our soccer takes. Just a, a quick fire, quick fire quick interview. Quick fire would be funny. Quick fire interview would I be like good. It. I like it. Well, thanks, guys. Um, we're just trying to give you a little update on this episode. So hopefully, you know, you appreciated it. And um, we'll be back with some more interviews, guests, and some fresh content coming soon. Yeah. I'll be in Austin. He'll be in here, here in Dallas. If you guys need training, these are the guys. They'll take care of you. Yes, we will. Um, but anything online, we can take care of you, too. So, you know, give us a shout. We'll be here for you. Yeah. Peace.